Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. to the WEI Celtics podcast. This is your host, Jared Weiss. I am San Sam Packard right now. Uh, I'm at the Celtics practice facility out in Waltham, and we have concluded the Celtics exit interviews for the 2015-2016 season. So what we're going to do is uh, we spend all of post-game Thursday night very late with uh, Sam Packard and Kevin O'Connor of Celtics blog. We sat down on my post-game show, the Garner Report Celtics post-game show, which is on CLNS Radio and Celtics blog. And we had a good probably 45 minutes of conversation, uh, breaking down what happened in the series with the Celtics, looking ahead to uh, the offseason moves. And we even played a game of Celtics Tinder, where we swiped left and right on the guys that could be up in the air this offseason, the free agents, uh, potential players that could be traded and so forth. So we're going to use that as the podcast today. So we're going to play it for you right now after I finish doing these promos here. Uh, so it's, it's great. It runs about 40 to 45 minutes, somewhere in that range. And uh, you can obviously skip through between uh, stuff that happened last night or uh, Thursday night and then stuff that's going to happen in the near future. So tune in there. You can always find the Garden Report postgame show on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel and on clnsradio.com and celticsblog.com. And Sam Packard is on there all the time. Kevin O'Connor is on there all the time. Jimmy Toscano from Comcast Sportsnet is on there all the time. So you know, we put together a great program there. So give that a listen. Uh, for this show, give us a five-star review. You know what? Give us a six-star review. Go complain to iTunes that you're not allowed to give six-star reviews. And we'll make history, folks. So let's do that. Um, I'll give you a five-star review in real life if you do that. Uh, so go to iTunes, Stitcher, the WEI.com podcast center and the CLNS radio at mobile app, which you can find in the iTunes store and whatever the store for droid is called. Cause I don't have a droid. So I have no idea what the hell it's called. So that'll do it from me. Let's listen to the interviews with Kevin O'Connor and Sam Packard from last week. Jared Weiss, CLNS radio. Isaiah, is this the toughest loss you've had to endure so far? Um, yes. Um, it was very emotional for me, just because we gave it all. I mean, we never put our head down. And like I said, this group of guys is, is something special. And and I, I played, I mean, I gave it my all, so that's why it hurts that much more. Um, I wish I could have done more, but it just happened to be like that. So it is tough for me. We learned a lot through this playoff series, but one of the things that I learned is we've got to get better. And um, you know what? That starts with me. I've got to get better. And then, uh, you know, I think each of our players will look at that accountably as well. And we're all, we're all going to be better the next time we take the court. Uh, like I just told Isaiah, we just got to keep chipping in and keep getting better. Um, of course, um, it's going to be only one team to have a successful year. And that's when you hold a trophy up. So uh, until we do that, 
it's, it's not a successful season. But we're going to keep building and keep working. That's all I got to say about it. The Celtics season is over. They lose 104 to 92 in game six of the first round versus the Atlanta Hawks. We're going to talk about this game and then we're going to come back for part two. We're going to talk about the season. So, welcome to the final Garden Report of the year on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Yes, I'm the boss. Welcome to our final episode of the Garden Report postgame show for this playoff run as the Celtics season ends in what was initially a horrific fashion and then ended up being a, you know, kind of impressive comeback, I guess, in the end. So I'm joined by Kevin O'Connor of Celtics Blog and Sam Packard of WEEI. I'm Jared Weiss of CLNS Radio. We're going to talk about two things here. First part, we're going to talk about this game in this series. Second part, we're going to talk about this season. So first off, the Celtics are knocked down when they lose Avery Bradley. Losing Avery Bradley was something that was an incredible handicap for this series that made it almost, it made, it made it an incredible challenge for the Celtics to try to win. And it was really revealed tonight as the Celtics did not have the outside shooting that he provides and just quite enough of that versatile defense that they need, Sam. Yeah, you really saw it in games five and six where they, the Hawks would blitz Isaiah Thomas and he'd pass it away. He'd make the right pass. And uh, the Celtics would have a four-on-three opportunity, and if they had a good shooter or someone like Avery Bradley where they could swing it to, they'd be more uh, of a lethal offense. But because they didn't really have anyone who was a threat from deep, you could see those three Hawks players kind of sink in and force the, the Celtics to try to do something around that, and they really couldn't tonight. When you're relying on Evan Turner and Marcus Smart to be kind of reliable knockdown three-point shooters, you're going to lose basketball games. Yeah, and Jay Crowder not being in the game for the Celtics as well. He's played in the game, but essentially, at 2 for 11, I think, tonight, he was a non-factor on the offensive end of the floor. And there's not enough can be said about the impact Crowder made all season long, stretching the floor before his second high ankle sprain, his ability to drive closeouts. And the Celtics really lacked that in this series, which would have, I think, been a significant boost on the offensive end. And Kelly Olynyk being hurt yeah. for the kind of pick-and-pop stuff like that, just injuries piled up and the Celtics really ran out of gas. You don't, you don't want to blame the injuries, but at the same time, no, I'm blaming they, they, they all happen at the Why same not? time and they're, they played a huge role in this series, ending at six and not seven. I mean, the three key outside shooters for this team that are off the ball were all hurt. And Jonas Jerebko stepped into that role and he really had a tremendous series. And I think he was the one guy in this series that really game in and game out elevated the team. It was the one guy that I think just had a great, that could really be proud of what they did. Isaiah Thomas, obviously, there's so much pressure on him that you can't blame him for the loss. He made a lot of mistakes. I mean, I really hammered him after game five because I thought he played terrible defense during those huge runs that the Hawks went on. But overall, the Hawks, like every team, at this, every team, the Cleveland, the only other team they played in the playoffs during this era, they figured out that they could double Isaiah towards the later end of the series as the rest of the team was a little worn down. And the Celtics don't really respond that well to him being trapped throughout the game. Beginning of game five, they did a pretty decent job. Tonight, it was mostly guys having to come back and bail him out. They couldn't trap Isaiah Thomas and then the Celtics couldn't really continue to run a play out of that. They really just needed to reset the ball, and that really slowed the pace down for them. And even though they took 20 more shots on the Hawks, the Hawks shot 15% uh, better and really were shooting 20% better until the Celtics went on that big run. Yeah, I mean, with Isaiah Thomas, he's obviously the Celtics' best player, right? And he is a significant reason why they won as many games as they did this year. But I think it really illustrates how much they need another guy. Because as good as Isaiah is, he can't handle the load all by himself as a five foot eight, five foot nine point guard. He needs help 
and we'll talk about that more in part two, what they can do, what they should do. But I think this series and last year versus Cleveland illustrates, if anything, just how much they need more than what they currently have now. So the Celtics twice in the last 30 years in the playoffs have taken 23s and shot worse than 20%. They would have been there tonight, but they had a few threes in the end and they finished with 22%. But this was a team Garbage that... Garbage time. Yeah. And those were, I mean, that was like the big comeback where like you're going to make a bunch of plays. Yep. They hit the threes, which was great. Jay Crowder hit a few, which he kind of came out of nowhere to close it out. Uh, but was there something that the Celtics should have done or could have done differently that would have turned the tables in the series? Or was this just really an amalgamation of how things were going to have to play out with the disadvantage that they had? Sam, we'll go to you first. I think if they maybe had more practice times, they may have had more like counters or more but better reacting to the doubles. But really, I didn't see, like, they made the right basketball plays. They just a lot of the times came down to shot making and that's kind of, I feel like after every garden report where they had a loss, we said, well, they didn't make their shots tonight. And that's how it, it always is. That's how it always is. The, if they just don't have enough outside shot making, they're not going to win a lot of games. That's why they need to improve that in the offseason. And I think it's going to be the main skill they target. But we'll talk about that in part two. Sam, Sam's 100% right. Um, but at the same time, I, I think Brad was a little bit slow to pull Sullinger from the starting lineup. Jonas Strapko should have been in there game two, in my opinion. I think Sullinger should have been probably a DNP tonight and last game and probably the game before that. You don't want to – it's not blaming Sullinger, but this just wasn't the series for him in terms of matchups. And At the same that, time, though, like Brad's like a loyal person, and if is. you bench Sullinger in game two, you may lose him for the rest of the series. Which they did. So, I mean, you can, you can argue that in hindsight, but I feel like there's a certain kind of loyalty of players or faith that they're going to perform eventually. So if you completely go away from them, you have risk the chance of losing them. I agree that he could have uh, started Jarebko earlier, but there's something to be said of just kind of sticking with what you have and uh, trying to move forward with that. I think you're right, but at the same time, you know, if the Celtics had won this series, mm-hmm. Sollinger would have been an asset against Cleveland next round, so his time would have come, whereas maybe... Zeller's time would have been now, or Jonas's time would have been a little bit earlier than it was. But it's all what-ifs, and it's really hard to know what would have happened. Well, it's kind of every playoff series. A coach, if they're down, they always have to deal with that. They're always, yeah. There's always – you can probably look across the league and find the same thing, that mm-hmm. some, rota- some important rotation player that you were expecting to be better for you eventually gets pulled from the rotation. And frankly, I thought after game one, I, w- I wanted to see Jarebko coming yep. out there for game two more. And frankly, over the last couple – I'd say the last two games – I thought Solinger played too many minutes. I mean, tonight he played six and a half, and I already thought that was too many because he played, uh, he had like two minutes at the beginning where he was like looking okay. And then the Hawks just started putting him kind of isolated between two players on the weak side, and he was just stuck in the middle. They ran around and they scored. They had like eight points in a row, I think, just going really attacking Solinger. And Stevens could have pulled the plug a little bit earlier. He held, he held out a little too long. And you are absolutely right that a coach just has to have faith in his players. But at a certain point, you've, I feel like you've kind of waited for things to come around long enough and it just didn't happen. They really dealt with that with Solinger already where they invested so much. They invested three years into letting him develop a reliable three-point shoot, shot. And it just hasn't happened. And the team is still really going through this debate coming up to the last game of when do we have them shoot a three, when do we have them shoot a long two. And at a certain point, they had to cut bait, and they did it at the end of the season. And they really didn't do it quite quickly enough with Jared. But it's easy to harp on, I think, that Jared Sullinger's crappy six minutes. But if he played, <laughs> it's not the reason why. If he lost. played a crappy three minutes, they still would have lost by yeah. twelve. So I think it's like, yes, there's like 
nitpicks we can decide. But the fact of the matter is they just ran up against a much more talented Atlanta Hawks team. A much healthier team. As a much well. healthier yeah, team yeah. and a team that uh, is streaky and is a very good shooting team. And we saw when they can go on runs, especially when the Celtics are not making shots and they have a bunch of opportunities in transition, they're going to lose the basketball game. As everything's kind of connected. So as much as you can point to kind of those adjustments, I think Stevens uh, in-game is pretty good at working with his rotation. So if he's not uh, have the right adjustment at the start of the game, I think he's normally figured it out by the fourth quarter. And one last note on kind of the injuries. I think one thing that's kind of gone overlooked is Isaiah Thomas's left wrist hand injury. He's used his right a lot more the past two weeks, and, and he's missed a lot of his lefty layups. I think early in the series, he had a couple like wide open layup misses. I mean, where he was lightly contested and he just clanked it off the backboard. And Game two, he missed every missed shot. Missed a he took. lot of them. And, wide open bunnies. Yeah. And I mean, I wonder. I mean, he's had two surgeries on that wrist. I wonder if it was hurting him more than he was letting on. I mean, maybe that's something he has another operation on this summer. Who really knows? We'll but, find out. But I, I think it was more of a problem in the series than people think, and that really affected his ability to finish at the rim. We'll find out when they announce his third surgery in June. Who knows? Um, it hope, might happen. You hope not. Kelly Olynyk probably. I think we're, we got an injury announcement yeah. coming for him. A we'll surgery see. announcement. Uh, Jared Solinger, who knows? Uh, we're going to go to part two. We're going to talk about all those things here. But quickly, how do you think the Hawks fare against Cleveland? They look like a team that's ready to go up against Cleveland and take them deep. Nope. Cleveland has Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. They're not going to lose. And Kevin New. Love. And Kevin Love. Yeah, I mean, I th I'd take Cleveland in the series probably mm -hmm. in five or six. I like Atlanta a lot, but I. I I think Cleveland. I think, six I think the, fact that, I was thinking the fact that we saw Atlanta, I feel like Atlanta gave away games three and four. Yeah. It was kind of, the Celtics had no business really winning those, and I think Atlanta lacks kind of the mental toughness. I know they eventually pulled it out, but there's made some stupid plays and kind of gave the game away. Schroeder is out to lunch. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm done with him. <laughs> I love Dennis Schroeder. Very quickly, one minute more. Kevin, I'll start with you. Can we hand out some awards in the series? Who is your MVP of this series? MVP for everybody or just the Celtics? Everybody's. Everybody. Screw the Celtics. Uh, Paul Millsap might be a surprise, but I thought his defense was spectacular. It's not a surprise. He's, He's the well, biggest star of the team. If you throw away that 45-point game, I think people would say, oh, he stunk, which he did offensively, but his defense just was spectacular. Yeah. I thought he was a stud on defense, and it's really amazing to see how far he's come as a player, and I, I think he blocked at least three or four of Isaiah Thomas's shots. At the four rim. tonight. Four he tonight. Had, he had four in game he, four. He, 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 was, he was really special on the defensive end of the floor. He's really one of the best players in the NBA now. Especially in the playoffs. Do you have a different I'm trying to think us? of someone different. And well, I got look over here. No, I know all the players. I got nothing. I mean, so Kurt I, Baysmore, maybe? Baysmore. Kurt Baysmore, yeah. <laughs> Favorite Baysmore. name in the NBA. <laughs> uh, I mean, Jeff Teague was great. Kyle Gorver was great. But Paul Millsap is the guy. Yeah. He's the best player on both ends. Uh, really, I, I mean, despite the, including the 45-point game, I still think it was his defense that yeah. is what made him so great for this team. Because Al Horford kind of went up and down there in the middle of the series. He had a great night to finish it tonight, but Paul was just consistently elite defensively. Really, he was the reason why the Hawks were able to tr collapse that paint. I mean, he just really did it. For, he covered the ground. He probably must have contested like 40 shots a game. <laughs> really one of the best performances across the NBA in the first round. So we'll be back for part two with another long one where we just go deep into what's going to happen over the next couple months. So be right back on this playlist here on the Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics blog. It sucks lose like this. Um, you know, it's, it's not fun. Uh, but, you know, like I said, all credit to Atlanta. They, uh, they played better than us today. Um, you know, we, we got to learn from this and, and, and be better.
better than we were today. It's tough, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely tough. Uh, nobody wants to, you know, dip out, you know, first round. Um, credit to, uh, you know, credit to the Hawks. They played great. Um, they executed well, and uh, they, they, did, they, did, they did a great job. Top 10 of the season, it was a very successful season as a group. Does this defeat this elimination take the luster off the season itself? I mean, season and playoffs are two different things, you know what I'm saying? Once again, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, it's a horrible way to end, you know, considering, you know, uh, you know what we were able to accomplish throughout the season. Um, you know, once again, right now, everything is tough, but, you know, when you sit down and you think about it, you know, you just gonna have to bounce back somehow, and that's it. The calling card of this group is that it doesn't give up, and so, we're going to find that out because it's 27 right now. And so, you know, they gave us a chance to win a lot of games with their with that mindset. I, I think the, the biggest thing is when you're when you're in and it's it's tough right now because of the emotions of the moment and losing the series um, and the way that we lost in the last games in the last two games. But I think that, um, you know, from a big picture perspective, I feel good about our progress. We have great opportunities to move forward with our future flexibility. And um, and I think that over time, though tonight is sour and you have a sour feeling about it, it will make guys more more encouraged to get in the gym. I mean, this, this is, this is uh, you know, for young guys, sour is not all bad. Right, because it's like me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go home and watch what I can do different. I know that, and you know, I, I hope that our guys feel the same way. They need to take some time off, but after that, you know, let's get better. All right, welcome here to part two, where we look ahead for the Celtics. Your season is over now, and we talked about how they were gonna make a ton of changes before the trade deadline, and that didn't happen. We did it during the offseason, that didn't happen. So it kind of has to happen now because. They have their crazy amount of draft picks in this draft, and they probably they'd have to cut like every guy on the roster to fit him <laughs> in, basically. So there are probably going to be moves happening here. So first off, let's figure out who should say and who should go. We're going to play Celtics Tinder, an idea that Kevin stole from Liberty Ballers. Second time I've said that because we have to make sure that you get the credit for stealing it. So swipe left if you don't think the guy should say. Swipe right if you do think the guy should say. Let's start. Let's skip Isaiah Thomas. Let's skip Jay Crowder because anyone thinks that they shouldn't still be shouldn't here. Shouldn't we only do I don't free think agents? Yeah, let's do free agents. Well, the guys get traded away. Okay. So let's start with the first free agent, Jared Solinger. Swipe left. Get him out of here. Yeah, we'll see just, you, Jared. He's Why? Had, he's had too much time, and, right. I, and I think guys like him are going to become extinct in the NBA unless they stretch their range out the three-point range, which he can, but he hasn't. He hasn't. And I wouldn't want to trust that he does. I think he's a perfectly fine player. I just think some other team's going to drastically overpay him, yeah. so there's no reason to waste that, that, that cap space that on too. him. Swipe left. Kind of seems like a poor man's Ryan Anderson signing. And Ryan Anderson was already considered to be a little overpaid. And Jared isn't really half the player that Ryan Anderson, or they want him to be Ryan Anderson, but he just proven that he can't really do it. So swipe him out of here. We do like Jared. I think we all agree with that. Yep. And there's yeah. still a lot of potential there, but it just hasn't worked out. And they're going to have to make room for this next guy, I think. And they're going to have to let him go. Evan Turner. I'm swiping really hard right at $10 million. Swiping right at $12 million, but I'm not so sure how much further I can swipe right as the price goes higher. Kevin, what say you? I think Sam's swiping right. You're swiping I right. think that the I think dancing was right uh, there. 
indicative of That's my because we're going to have right. him back on the podcast. You're giving the blue right. star, which... Ooh, I don't even know what a blue star is, but sure, E.T. I assume that's sexual. Give him, like, a notification or something. You know, I think... I don't want to like toot my own horn, but I think like two years I'll ago toot it away. when everybody was like, oh, Evan Turner sucks, right? I was one of the people who were like, hey, give him a chance. He does some good things, and he has done good things. And you've been pointing out how good defensively he's been this year. I think more he, than pretty much anybody, even pretty, more than I have. He's been pretty spectacular yeah. on defense. But at the same time, if we're talking about the Celtics adding a star player, that minimizes ball handling opportunities for Evan Turner, which minimizes the things that he does well in the system, right? So and I'm, makes him ineffective if he isn't if playing with the if, ball. In his if hands. he's a corner three shooter, there are about fifty guys in the NBA you'd rather have as a corner, th- corner Way more shooter than, than that. Evan Turner. So I'm swiping left on Evan Turner, even though I've been swiping right for years on him. I, I'm I'm swiping left only because you got to think big, and that's just that's just the way I feel. My swipe right's a bit of a strategic swipe right because I think he's going to swipe right for the Celtics. He will because I think he's uh, likely to take kind of a, a discount. I think he likes it in Boston. This is entirely speculation, but I feel like he, it's a system where he's finally comfortable and a situation where he's finally comfortable. So I think he'd be willing to come back for less money. So that's why I'm just, I'm just trying to increase my odds because I think he's gonna, he likes me, I like him, maybe we can get together. And, and you're right. I mean, even though we talk a lot about superstars, the chances are they won't get one, even though they, there's a good chance that they, they could. There's, the chances are that they won't. So. Evan Turner is a fantastic role player, and whether he stays in Boston or goes somewhere else, he's going to make a positive impact. you got to go player. after the 10s, but you're not going to get a bunch of 10s. So <laughs> sometimes, some, six. sometimes you might get a 10, though. Some, you still try for the 10, but then you have a backup 6, and that's Evan Turner. <laughs> is Evan Turner really only He's actually six? technically an 11, although he is a 6 man, so he, he could be a 6. Yeah. I was works. talking about purely about his uh, physical <laughs> appearance. Okay, so let's look at non-guaranteed contracts. Amir Johnson, swiping left, swiping right. $12 million a year. Can I swipe right on a trade, like keep him for trade? Sure. Uh, I mean, if, if you have it's, to. It's a made-up game. Mean, you can do whatever you you're like. Kind of sw- you're just kind of sw- You're I really mean, just like closing a, a, the As a player, I, don't, I would prefer to move on from Amir Johnson because okay. his, his ankles are ticking time bombs, mm-hmm. I think. And I, I don't know if he can sustain again for a full season. He's the highest paid player on the team, and that's crazy town. Yeah. Swipe left. I mean, he won't be. He won't be. They're going to throw that money at somebody, obviously. Yeah, what if they yeah. don't, man? Who knows? So I just right. wanted to do that on camera. Now, what about Jonas Jarebko, the Swedish Larry Bird? Bring him back. He's hot. <laughs> he can shoot the three ball. He's, he's, very, good. he's very good at rebounding. Uh, he's cheap at $5 million a year. There's really no reason not to. Uh, he's a charming individual. Um, he's got washboard abs. I mean... I- <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 w- I would swipe right unless you need to include his contract a, a, in a trade. Because I think, you know, he's a guy who could... So you're still swiping right then? I'm swiping right unless you I mean, can, you're waiting till the non... I mean, you're trading I'm, I'm him like, before I'm his like, I mean, if there was a way to, like, wait, I would wait. But yeah. I would Guys, swipe if right. Tinder actually had all these conditions, <laughs> it would not be an effective app. This game is supposed to be very quick swipe, decisions. boom, boom, boom. Yeah, but just left or right. I'm probably swiping right. There you go. All right, so anybody else we should cover? Get rid of James Young at this okay. point. That's swipe all left. I have to say. So, yeah, James Young, no. Tyler Zeller, we're swiping swipe left. Lefts. I love Tito yeah. Zeller. I, I like Zeller, but, I mean, you just, I don't think he has a role all right. in this team. Let's, say, let's take all the young guys that are below their third year. Is there anybody you're swiping, that you're trying to trade now, the guys that are on the rookie contract? I mean, I'd trade anybody that would yeah. get, get a star player to Boston. Well, anyway. sure. I mean, who's someone that you would actively try to move because you don't think he's worth keeping around through his rookie deal? Um, 
if anybody thinks James Young has value, I would ship him out. We're not, no, he's already forgot okay. that point. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so who I are we just don't think we know. Is RJ Hunter? Would you be yeah, looking sure. to add RJ I mean, Hunter into a deal? I mean, I, I, I think Jeter, Marcus Smart is a big one, obviously. Well, I, I would try to move away from trading Smart as much as I could and lean towards getting rid of Avery Bradley. I think some teams might value Bradley over Smart right now, but I think if you look ahead two years from now, I'd put Smart well ahead of Bradley. Mm -hmm. Well ahead. Then I guess it just comes down to Kelly Olynyk. So Kelly Olynyk is a year away from being extension eligible. Mm -hmm. He's someone that has made a lot of strides, but continues to be an awkward player that kind of struggles to really assert himself within the game. But he's shown that his skill is steadily improving, and obviously it was a rough playoffs, but we know he was playing hurt. So would you try to move Kelly Olenek now, or would you continue to wait and, and then, I guess, sign him as a restricted free agent? This game is a farce. We don't have to make a decision on Kelly right now. But if, we're swiping on everybody now. But if the deal presents itself, like, there's a lot more. Obviously. I feel like the free agents is a prime example where you can swipe left and right. But Kelly, it's like, maybe if a deal comes <laughs> up, then I have to know what I'm getting back. Yeah, so am yeah, I getting yeah. back, like, yeah. equal parts? Mm -hmm. Kelly Olenek's a perfectly fine player, and he does things very well. I'm not actively looking to trade him, but sure, why not? I'll trade pretty much anyone. Here are my untouchables. Isaiah Crowder, and that's about it. Anyone else I can, I'll throw in a deal. Yeah, I'm, you said exactly what I was Damn saying. right, I mean, Kevin! But, but I'd swipe right on Kelly as a player. I think if he's not a great player on the Celtics someday, someday he will be for somebody else. That's okay. just the way I feel about Kelly. All right, last one, Brad Stevens. <laughs> Swiping right over and over and over again. Should the Celtics Stevens. give him a five-year $50 million? Would you, a trade, would you yeah. trade Brad Stevens for LeBron James today? Absolutely not. <laughs> Have you seen Brad's uh, vertical? You see him jump, jump no, no, on the trampoline? No, no, I'm saying like you throw it down. coach, if you could somehow maneuver it. What, yeah, I'd rather you... have LeBron with like a, like a stick figure standing on the sideline, but Brad is by far the next best solution. I, I, yeah, you trade. I would rather Brad have LeBron him. James playing with the wacky, waving, inflatable tube band coaching from the sideline. I mean, it's a hypothetical question. I mean, if, I, mean I think what I can, just said can, is can, you, can you sign a star player? Uh, who's the guy out there in the free agent market that you think the Celtics have a legitimate shot at actually signing or a guy that they could trade for that they can make a move for? Who's someone that is an actual, legitimate, realistic possibility for them? For a trade or free agency? Anything. I mean... Acquisition. I, put aside Kevin Durant. Uh, yeah, I think put, we're put talking about no Kevin Durant. Durant. I, mean, um, I mean, I think you look at guys in situations that are changing, like Jimmy Butler, Blake Griffin, you know, James Harden, DeMarcus Cousins, even though he just said he wants to stay and be a lifer in Sacramento. I mean, guy, guys like that in situations where things are moving and a star player could be on a move or an organization might prefer to have a top draft pick and a player like an Avery Bradley type or another young player, future draft picks. Situations like that, I'd focus on those and try to avoid stable situations. Just focus on teams that just got eliminated from the playoffs early or didn't even make the playoffs. So what are the odds that Jimmy Butler is a Celtic next season? I'm putting them at like five to one odds, really. I'm gonna say like five to thirty-five odds. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> it's sounds, one in seven. Sounds like I'm losing a lot of money. It's one in seven. I was just picking random numbers. Uh, I think there's a good chance because the Bulls situation seems kind of um, messed up right now, and I think uh, him and Jay Crowder, their uh, Golden Eagle friends at, from Marquette, I think they would work well together. The one guy that I don't think has been talked about, who's I'm pretty sure unrestricted free agent, is playing down in Charlotte right now, is Nick Batum. Mm -hmm. I think he'd be a very good fit here. I think you could slide Crowder up to the four and have 
a very good starting lineup with Bradley, Batum, Crowder, and Isaiah Thomas, and whoever else you're going to uh, throw in there. Another target I would like is, uh, we saw him here tonight, Al Horford. I think he would work very well in the Brad Stevens system of being kind of an outside shooter, and we saw the rim protection he provides. But who knows, I feel like both those guys are likely just signed with the, the current teams they're on, and we'll end up with uh, someone crappy like uh, Harrison Barnes. Now, if the South, let's let's say the Celtics signed Horford and Batum to max contracts, would that be an effective use of their cap space? Would that no. be? Would that be? Would that set them up, you know, for a big trade someday? I mean, would that be enough, right? No. I think if you added Horford and Batum to this team, they're immediate contenders in the East. I think that team could challenge the Cavs in the East. I don't know if they're immediate championship contenders, but. If you don't change the current roster whatsoever and only add those two guys, I think the team is becomes an elite team in the league. And I think they – why not? I don't think you could say, like, you might be wasting money on the contract and four years down the line, but I think they could actually have a legitimate ch chance of going for it, so why not? Now, with Horford, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. Do you think his age – should play uh, and into the factor. And, and Tunes Tunes right around the same yeah. age, yeah. Should that play a role in, like, their decision-making? Because everybody in this team, the core is, like, in the, like, the 22 to 26 range, is adding a 31, 31, 30, 31-year-old big man maybe a bad long-term decision, or is it, like, he can be a centerpiece, he's a leader, he's a proven vet. I mean, he's someone that you might have to add to the team. Are you trying to make deals to win championships now, or are you trying to, like, kind of do small growth, small growth, small growth so you can win the championship mm -hmm. in 2020. Like, it depends on your strategy and what becomes available. It feels like if you have cap space now and those guys want to come, then at some point you're going to have to pull a trigger on one of these deals. At some point you're going to have to trade away one of the players you really like because in order to get something, you have to give up something. So it's either going to be your cap space or it's going to be one of the young players. I don't know. I That's why I'm not a general manager. It's why I, but it's <laughs> a hard decision to make, so... I'm just going to be here to second-guess anything that happens. Well, listen, if they – so it depends how the draft pick plays out, but if they could sign Horford and Batum and they're still able to add another top-level talent, whether it's through trading that draft pick or by drafting somebody, I think that works out pretty nicely there. Mm -hmm. um, but the timeline is clearly messed up there. And the thing is, with you have a starting lineup of Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, with Marcus Smart coming off the bench, I assume still – Nick Batum, Jay Crowder, Al Horford. I'm not sure if that team can technically shoot the three ball well enough to really yeah. be good enough to get Pat. I mean, honestly, they could probably get out of the East. There's a good chance that a team like that could get out of the East, although they still would not be as good as Cleveland or whatever the situation with LeBron is next year. But I don't see that team being able to beat some of the elite teams out, or at least the top three teams out in the West Coast. Yeah, and that's kind, of, that, that's kind of an issue I have with Horford. I mean, I love Horford as a player. I think yeah. he's awesome. But at the same time, he's not necessarily a knockdown three-point shooter. But what fives are you going to get who offer the same oh, amount yeah, of rim absolutely. protection? Very few. I, I think he's probably the ideal five you could get besides Draymond Green really right now. 100%. But, I mean, if you're spending all your cap, like two max contracts yeah. on Batum and Horford, not the guys you, to do you still need to add shooting elsewhere. and Or else you're going to have another year. Like and Over the last three years, the Celtics rank ranked 29th in three-point percentage. Like, they need to be better shooting threes. I mean, the closeout and game, they almost had the worst three-point shooting like performance of the last 30 mm -hmm. years for this franchise. Mm -hmm. There's gonna, they're going to have to find a w another way to get a better What shooter. shooters right now are on the market or are available who are going to be 
potential people the Celtics could sign Kevin this offseason. Yeah, really There's Durant. Kevin Durant. But Harrison then, Barnes. I'm assuming. And, uh, I would much rather Ryan have Ryan Anderson, Nick who I think everyone's a little shaky. I don't know how much do you want to pay him right now. Jared um, Dudley. And then Jared Dudley, yeah. that's the only, There's only players who are shooters, though, but if yeah. you if you want to bring in a complete player, I think Batum and Horford are kind of guys who can give you yeah, sure. a little bit of shooting and a lot of uh, yeah. everything else. I think it's just it would be odd just to target people who can only shoot or someone like Ryan Anderson. I feel like Brad Stevens appreciates people who are, one, versatile, and two, complete players who play both on offense and defense. So I feel like I'm all in on Batum and uh, Horford. No, your team's a good team. And Absolutely. I like that. And you could go, you could do really well with them, but I, I don't I don't think that's a team that wins a title. I think that's a team that gets pretty close to winning a title. I, so, I just fear at some point at some point you're holding out every single trade is like, well, this isn't going to make us the immediate title contender, and then it's 2022 and you're screwed <laughs> because uh, Isaiah Thomas is old, Jay Crowder uh, hasn't lived up to it, Marcus Smart is old, and you just missed your window because you kept on holding like waiting for that perfect deal. Eventually, you're going to have to make a move and try to go for it and just, like hope that Brad Stevens can coach them into a championship. Will Marcus Smart ever get old? Is that, will that happen? Games like I feel his, like he'd be like 29 in that year, right? He'd be pretty close, right around this prime there, yeah. So, yeah, carry I, the three. I, and then... I have a question of something that's been on my mind Okay, a lot let's do this last. It's, it's so, been a while. Let's do the so, last. So, you know, let's say the Celtics sign Kevin Durant. Let's just say they sign him. And let's say they also had the number one pick, and they took Ingram or Simmons. It really doesn't matter. Would the Celtics be better off trading that player, Ingram or Simmons, for a star like Blake Griffin or Jimmy Butler? Or would they be better off keeping that player and using, like, their cap space to fill the gap that they have with their cap for, you know, a guy like a Horford or a Batum? Would they be better off, you know, going for, like, all the stars, like building the super team or like doing what Cleveland did? Cleveland would be better now if they kept Andrew Wiggins mm-hmm. instead of trading for Kevin Love. I mean, would the Celtics possibly be making a mistake if they added Griffin or Butler? That's it. So not, not Butler, but Griffin yeah. is well, kind of even, the even only Butler. guy you really th- – or even, Cousins. E- yeah. I think Even Griffin Butler. and Cousins are the two guys you're looking at. I don't really think they would do Butler because I'm assuming Jay Crowder's still here, and it's kind of hard to have Kevin Durant, Jay Crowder, and well, yep. actually not really. The, Jimmy Butler's so good. I guess yeah. you could do that. Pay so, Crowder at the five. Go crazy, yeah. Bounds. Yeah. True. I, I, so, I can't wait until the team does that. Besides the Warriors, the Warriors do it. Oh, everybody else should do it if they have the yeah. players that can. But so <laughs> I honestly, it's it didn't work as well with Cleveland as I think. Mm-hmm. Well, let's rephrase. Right now, we don't know because yeah. honestly, Cleveland could win the title this year. Yeah. Kevin Love could be freaking amazing. But they're not it like studly every night. Like That's true. But like, you know, Miami, yeah. Chris Bosch looked like a huge mistake at first. And yeah. People thought they made a mistake not getting Amari. And then it was very apparent the next few seasons that Chris Bosch was the perfect guy to sign mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Just took him a year to figure it out. Same thing with Dwayne Wade. He didn't really have it figured out that first year. Cleveland, I mean, Miami was pretty clear during the regular season the second year. Cleveland, not so much. Um, but, you know, they don't have Pat Riley looking over yep. their shoulders. And frankly, Eric Spolster is a better coach than the guys they've had in Cleveland so far, although David Blatt obviously can get a second chance there. But um, Blake Griffin's a different player than Kevin Love. Um, Blake Griffin, I think, is a guy that you can't really t- take him out of his element like they were able to take Kevin Love out of his element. And I think they're still going to let him play his game even more so. And then DeMarcus Cousins, he, he's going to play the exact same game in Boston that he would have that he was playing in Sacramento. So I think he wouldn't have to adjust his game nearly as much as Kevin Love did. And I, it could work better with those guys. And DeMarcus Cousins is definitely young enough that it's worth doing it. 
And then Blake Griffin, I think, is, what, 26 now? Yeah, he's young, 27, yeah. something But like there's that. been some injury concerns, which is, yeah. I think, the, the other big well, issue. that's part of it. Yeah. Although, frankly, he would have been healthy this year if he just didn't punch, his, punch a wall. Mm-hmm. It would have been a problem, problem. But, I mean, you get to Marcus Cousins, and it works out with him. You've got the best player in the league on both ends, really, at his position, or one of the two or three. I think you add Kevin Durant to this team right now, and they're immediate title contenders. Definitely. I see no reason to kind of change that up. You still have max cap room. I don't think you need to go and add another max player for that. I say you would keep the draft pick and you try to put some quality role players in there who maybe add some shooting, maybe add some rim protection. You just go ahead with the current core and Kevin Durant and you bring up that young player off the bench, whoever it may be, uh, Simmons or Ingram, and have them develop where they're not like expected to do a bunch because they're actually playing with a bunch of stars. Because I have a pretty like strong belief in like the talent of this young core as long as they're not like relied on to be the superstars, as long as Isaiah Thomas is not your best player. But right now they have a very good four through or two through five or whatever the numbers are. And I think if you add Kevin Durant to that, you can use the rest of your cap space to go after kind of those bit players like a, a James Posey, Eddie House type. Yeah. Um, and you don't need that other star because I think uh, Kevin Durant, uh, with the current players they have, they doesn't need another player to give the ball. You'd have to give a bunch of things up to – kind of go get someone like Blake Griffin or DeMarcus Cousins, I don't think it'd be worth it. So that, that, That's exactly kind of how I feel about it. I mean, I've, I've thought about it. I've, I've kind of went through scenarios in my head, and I think long-term it might be best for the Celtics, I mean, short-term and long-term, to if they get the number one pick and if they were to sign Kevin Durant to keep the player because, you know, Kevin Durant won't be Kevin Durant forever, right? I mean, it's, if in five years, six years – he may be a little bit of a shell of his former self, right? He might be have he might not be able to create offense like he does now. But maybe at that point, Ben Simmons or Brandon Ingram or wh- whoever it is can or be Jamal a guy. Uh, I'm not a big Jamal uh-huh. guy, but but whoever it is, I mean, insert player X here. Whoever that guy Bob is Maker. might be ready to take on a superstar role. And instead, like if you have an older Kevin Durant six years from now. Maybe you're struggling a little bit to find your next guy because you have picks 20 to 30 every single year. But if you have that guy in your back pocket, that young star, potential star player, maybe it's a little bit better. And to Sam's point, you might have like just too many guys. I mean, if you had, let's like you had an all-star lineup of Blake Griffin, Al Horford, Kevin Durant, Avery Bradley and Isaiah Thomas. That's, then you're immediately going to have like Instagram stupid things like the Cavs are having right now. There's it's, one ball, one ball. And you have a guy that can go off every night, but at the same time, that doesn't always translate. I mean, remember with the big three, people people never thought they would explode like they did. That was an extremely rare circumstance. It doesn't always work like it should or like it can. I mean, the Thunder should be better than they are in theory, but they're not. I mean, they, I think they should, they should have probably have won a championship by now, but they haven't. They haven't gotten to that level. Sometimes... Less is more. Filling in with like those James Posey's going to be a little bit better use of your cap space instead of having all stars and a weak bench. All right. Well, that's going to be it uh, for the Garden Report. Deep we thoughts. we went really long with this. We'll probably split those up into four clips, honestly, just to make it more digestible. Uh, we're all exhausted here, so we're going to finish up here. Sam's going to rip his top off right now. I'm going to loosen the tie up here too. So the draft lottery is a couple weeks away or three weeks away, I guess. Uh, we'll definitely see you after that. We'll see if we can try to get even a little. Oh, watch out there. You're going to step on the mic. Um, so before Sam dies here. So we want to thank everybody that has stuck with our show for all these years, continues to enjoy our show. And we've 
got on these thank crazy you, characters you, right here you. with their different hairstyles and different personalities <laughs> and lack of respect for anything on this guy. It's a shirt! <laughs> People are allowed to wear undershirts! So, here, I'll even show off my undershirt a little bit here, too. So, uh, we want to thank Jeremy Karp, who's behind the camera tonight. Kyle George, who's Kyle. been behind the camera for the last few years. Shout out to Kyle. Was Go watch to the do... Gino documentary. It's the dopest dope. Check you it know, out on Celtics. Kyle was going to be back after doing a semester in L.A. Uh, for the next game, but unfortunately it didn't happen. So, mm -hmm. Kyle, we can't wait to have you back in rotation next year with Jeremy. Um, but thank you to everybody. You can find Kevin on Twitter, Kevin O'Connor MBA, the white, black, Frank White over here, Sam Packard MBA. Don't you dare say it. You can find me, Jared Weiss, at CLNS underscore Jared Weiss. Uh, so follow Celtics Blog at, at Celtics Blog, CLNS Radio at CLNS Radio. Jeremy, do you want me to say your Twitter on air? Do you Jeeks, even just have put one? it right here. Put it right here. Just put it right there. Um, so thank you <laughs> to everybody. You can follow him. Right there. <laughs> and uh, that's it. Leave a comment on the YouTube page. Let us know what, how you thought of the show. You hate it. It sucked. Whether we should never come back again or if we should be here every single night. Uh, and uh, stay tuned because we'll have more updates on Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. Thanks to all our sponsors this year. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to the Garden Crew for putting up with us, sitting on the court at 2 in the morning, filming our crap. <laughs> uh, we love everybody that supports our show. We can't thank you enough. From everyone from Boston to the Philippines, Australia, all around the world, uh, thanks everybody, and we'll see you soon on the Garden Report. <laughs> all right, well, that's it. We are done with the podcast today. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CLNS underscore Jared Weiss. You can find Sam at Sam Packard MBA and Kevin, Kevin O'Connor MBA. Uh, be sure to listen to our sister podcast, Celtics Beat, on Sunday because I'm going to be on and it's going to be freaking awesome. So I'm going to join Larry H. Russell over there and Bob Ryan, the legend from the globe, is going to come on the show. So definitely listen into that one. And then Monday, we plan on coming back at you with Chris Forsberg. We'll do a big uh, season wrap up slash season, next uh, offseason preview. So that'll be fun. So you know where to find us, Stitcher, iTunes, CLNS Radio app, and of course, WEI.com. We'll talk to you in a few days on the WEI Celtics podcast. Whoop them out of school just to show them got class. None of them, none of none of none of with the, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, drop some shit like that. Hey, 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 hey. Uh. Whoop them at the school just to, whoop them at the school just to show I got class. Uh. Uh. Three stacks. Just right after that. Uh. Check it out, this the bonus track, this the bonus. Remember, my favorite albums just have like bonus joints like this. That's why they kick it off like this. Yeah. Just did that massive square garden. Had to put the flies, nigga, on this shit. Hey, hey. The pyramid shell rise. Look these ultralight beams flowing. For all the moms, the dads, the kids, the families that shared this moment with us. Let's rock out for about 30 hours. You know, hey, you know, hey, you know, hey, you know, 30 hours. Whole design team, easy team, music team, hey, remember, remember the whole block is shout out? <laughs> In my version of a shout out track. 30 hours. Hey, 
let them all rock. Let them all rock. Let it, let it, let it. To my brother Yasin. Hold down in Africa. Hey, hey, hey. To my family. Thank you for holding me down. The media be at me like. That's Gabe calling. Yo, Gabe. I'm just doing a um, I'm just doing an ad lib track right now. What's up? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.